0: That's a clown question, bro. Hi, Mr. So I'm going to kick some good. He gets on base. Just a bit outside. I'm not the type of player that's going to be Johnny Hustle. If you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the ocean. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball kind of whenever. I'm your host, Christian. Over there. To my actual right, for the first time since October, since the World Series, since the World Series, last time we were in person, we were talking about, uh, you know, Game 6, you know, what potentially Game 6 of the World Series would look like, and a potential Game 7. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, look how far we've gotten. You didn't even say my name. And over there, (laughs) to my right, is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I mean, it's good to be back, obviously. But we've had a
1: pretty big week, so uh, I guess I'll just get right into it. Um, throughout the offseason, everyone's been paying attention to the guy, the number one pitcher on the free agent market. Where is he going to go? How is he going to make his decision? Who's going to break it? Not Bob Nightingale. How's it going to happen? And it has finally happened. Chris, Chase and Streve is a Pittsburgh Pirate.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've been waiting for the pin to drop for a while now. You know, all I saw. And Jeff Passan's replies was Chasen Shreve. announced Shreve to the Cardinals. Chasen and Shreve. Shreve to the Brewers. Chasen Shreve photoshops yeah. with Cubs, Mets hats. Uh, and, you know, he finally goes to, you know, where a lot of people thought he would go, to yeah. Pittsburgh. I mean, this is
1: a team, like, we all know that they're trying to compete this year. I mean, they have incredible pieces like Anthony Alford uh, in their starting lineup for next year. You know, Cole Tucker, he had an incredible weight, uh, weighted on base average. This season, they got pitchers such as Mitch Keller, who's going to be awesome for them this year. Uh, and now you add Chase and to that. And this, this has the looks of a super team. I'm going to say it.
0: Yeah. You know, we, we didn't know we would get to this point in the sport of baseball. You know, we thought this was more of a, you know, basketball thing where you can put, you only need to put five guys on the court. You know, they have nine or I guess it would be eight position players and, you know, five, starters and a deep bullpen that can you know it you know we're looking at a team that can break regular season potentially postseason records
1: yeah I mean like I can't even go into words the amount of depth I mean Blake Cedarland, especially 24 year old pitcher coming up through the system like the amount of you know guys that he's going to have to look up to now that Jason Shreve is in this organization it's going to be scary
0: yeah yeah I mean when you have guys like that as your you know seventh option yeah uh you know you're you're looking at a very very you're looking at a dangerous team and you know we we talked about how the nl central a bit a bit stagnant but um it's looking like far and away you know we were thinking oh the cardinals might be able to contend with the pirates this year after the nolan arenado trade and then boom yeah the pirates absolutely checkmate the rest of the nl central
1: yeah. I mean, this, this division is a lock. I mean, it's right up there. I mean, I, I don't think we can really lock any divisions at this point in the off season, but I am willing to do it for the pirates and the NL central.
0: Yeah. Put 2021 NL central champion Pittsburgh pirates in stone. Yeah. Uh, you can do that right now. Put
1: after- it, put it right in center field at PNC park with a little grass bush area thing. Just pave it in into the lawn 2021 NL central champs.
0: Yes, Absolutely and uh i think the all right in other news i think the dodgers got this um they got a starter
1: they did yeah um what's it what's his
0: name like travis travis Buar. yeah um, i think that was it yeah and he's uh you know he pitched for the uh
1: he's a youtuber i think it's kind of weird that they signed a youtuber when they they need to focus on defending their title
0: yeah it's weird it's kind of it's weird it's a weird like little uh pr stunt that they're doing like trying to bring popularity back to the it's almost like a it's
1: almost like a satirical counter to what the Padres have been doing this offseason it's like oh you got blake snell and you got you darvish well guess what we're gonna go sign a youtuber you guys haven't done that
0: yeah yeah i mean um the only maybe the pod maybe they were countering to what the padres were doing because uh Y.U. Dervish is also a YouTuber.
1: That's true. That uh, is a great very, point. Very popular. But he's also a pitcher.
0: Oh, that is right. But like yeah. Bauer or uh Boar, yeah. I believe his name is. He I think um Travis. I think he pitched in Little League.
1: He probably did. I yeah. mean, I pretty much everyone did at one point. Yeah. I'm sure you can, I'm sure it'll be okay.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll see how it works out. Um, you know, we uh we hope the Dodgers is the best, but you know, we're not thinking. I got. Really I definitely got a
1: question. What Friedman's doing here? I mean, forty million dollars a
0: year. Yeah. <laughs> 40, 40. In all
1: seriousness,
0: <laughs> it's quite a bit, but it is a three-year contract. It's a
1: three-year, one hundred two million dollars contract. That is. Is he the? Is Mike Trout the only person with a contract with more AAV in the league? Well, I think
0: he has to be right. Trout is thirty-five point eight. Cole is thirty-six. It's just the Trout has twelve years.
1: Okay, so Bauer is is going to be the most paid... Bauer is going to be the highest paid Major League Baseball player in 2021 and
0: 2022. Uh, Likely, unless, you know, he opts out for less money. (laughs) Well, I mean, okay, but in
1: in 2021. Yeah. That is wild.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of... It's very weird how uh, this all transpired, you know. It is. Bauer, uh, you know... Now we're kind of out of character, but Bauer. Yeah. I think, I think that we, that bit ran on as as long as it could have. Yep. Yep. Bauer, you know, there was the history of, you know, there was the bet with his friend that, you know, he wasn't going to sign a multi-year deal. So you figured if he was going to sign a multi-year deal, he was probably going to sign something for five or more years, but still an odd deal. Three years, opt-outs after the first and second second year
1: he could be a free agent every year of this contract
0: yeah i mean if he goes out and you know posts another cy young type season uh you're you we could be seeing we could be doing this all over again next year or better
1: yet two more years because i believe the contract breakdown is 40 mil one year 45 mil the next year and then the rest in the third year which is not as much so like Mm -hmm. if anything the second year opt-out is probably the one you're, you're circling on the calendar
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he is 30 now. So like if he goes on the market as a 31 or a 32 year old, there's still plenty of money to be made. Um, you know, probably not, he could he could still sign, you know, a a four-year deal. I think, I think, uh, Ryu signed a four-year deal at the age of 32. Um, so it's, you know, very possible. And yeah, uh, you know, in all seriousness, like, the Padres kind of had a, a thing where it was looking like they, you know, I wasn't going to say that they were going to win the division, but they definitely had a,
1: a uh, fighting chance a
0: fighting chance, and um, a good shot. I, you know, no one would be really shocked if the Padres, you know, pre-Bauer signing were going to win the NL West. But it the, just got a
1: whole lot harder.
0: It just got way, way harder. And, like, the Dodgers are seriously looking like a, a super team.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, I, I find it amazing that they just don't care that the luxury tax
0: exists. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Especially like they were, they were over
1: it. They signed Mookie Betts to a mega extension. They won the world series, which would be like an excuse to be like, all right, now you lay low. You you cut a couple guys. Actually, we're going to sign the highest paid average annual value in the history of baseball. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah. And like, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a necessary move no really. <laughs> it really was not they were just like oh
1: this guy's out there sure we'll take him what does he want oh 40 mil a year yeah why not
0: yeah we'll slot him into the three spot you know <laughs> defending Cy Young award winner
1: yeah he's yeah like I almost guaranteed he, he's not going to start on opening day
0: yeah no way I, I feel like yeah that's probably gonna go to Bueller right Bueller or Kershaw uh, yeah possible because like kershaw is still a, a very valuable pitcher on that team yeah and like they might give it to him you know as an honorary thing after being after able like to finally get able, to a, yeah a world series championship it's like
1: he broke the narrative he's still a very effective pitcher like he's gonna like the dodgers are gonna have like the little gold uh lettering like outlining their jerseys like put kershaw on the mound for that yeah because it's gonna be something like that because
0: especially like opening day it's not always about who the best pitcher is. It's just an honor for what yeah. you did the previous season. In Especially La- in a
1: World Series year.
0: Yeah. And Kershaw was that guy. Like, you know, 2017 with the Red Sox, Porcello won the Cy Young. So naturally he was going to get the start uh, in over Chris Sale. Over Chris Sale, who mm-hmm. was, you know, consistently better over the you know previous few years. But you know, Porcello was gonna get that. But yeah, it's uh <laughs> it's pretty crazy to see something like this and bow that was kind of interesting too because he's had some ups and he's had his downs in in his career so it's kind of you know we'll see how it actually goes
1: yeah i mean there's been a lot of concern on twitter over uh the the lack of like actual success throughout his career like obviously his 2018 was awesome his 2019 of course was a major down year and then in 2020 he goes out wins the Cy Young but it's in a shortened season where he doesn't face any good lineups because he's in the central. And that was, you know, the weakest of the three uh, geographic uh, I guess, locations or bubbles rather. Yeah. Yeah. So. Especially
0: offensively.
1: Yeah. So like there is certainly a little bit of a, of a concern. uh, With the lack of, of, Uh, excellent performance on a long-term basis Uh, but this is also not that much of a long-term deal so I think the Dodgers are kind of hoping for like the best couple years of his career and maybe they dump him after that
0: yeah um, yeah Bauer is since 2018 uh, has the 13th highest B war for pitchers so Mm -hmm. I mean like you know it's you you don't really know what you're getting I mean there's also you know uh, Bauer also found some External sources, possibly to uh, increase his mm-hmm. performance, which, you know, good on him because, you know, they never really find that stuff. And, yeah. you know, most of the league is doing that type of stuff. So it helped him out. You know, it got him 100th percentile in spin rate. It helped him get a ton of, you know, pop outs, weak contact, and, you know, strikeouts, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe the Dodgers had that in mind, thinking like, you know, we don't want to risk a guy when he, when he suggested opt-outs, he was, you know, they were probably like, Oh yeah, for sure. And also, you know, a three-year deal. It's not that much of a risk, especially, you know, with all the money that we have. Exactly. Um, But yeah, I mean, uh,
1: can we talk about how this all went down? Yeah, for sure. Cause I think we need to. So what was it Thursday or Friday? Um, Of this week. Cause he signed on Friday.
0: Yeah, I signed on Friday. So I think so, this was Thursday.
1: Yep, it was Thursday. Um, I'm kind of just hanging out in my room, and uh, I get a notification: Bob Nightingale, Trevor Bauer is in agreement with the Mets, and they have a deal. They have it. They have an agreement. Yes. Yes. And you know, obviously, the first thought is always, "Okay, Trevor Bauer just signed with the Mets," and you know, Bob obviously. Even before this, has the the reputation of like, well, it's Bob. Let's look for someone else, and people were already celebrating and rightfully so. Uh, and then soon after, literally, I think it was two minutes after, Mark Feinstein uh, tweets out, there is no agreement in place between the Mets and Trevor Bauer. So now it's like, okay, wait, what's going on? Who do we, you know, who are we supposed to believe? And then Luba tweets out, uh, Rachel Luba, Trevor Bauer's agent tw- tweets out it's still down to two teams. There, there was no f- final decision yet. So Bob Nightingale got Mets fans a little, little excited early and uh, he, he lasted about, it was about two minutes of excitement for Mets fans.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, it was weird. And the Mets, Mets, you know, at least on Twitter were the most adamant about getting Bauer uh, in the off season. So it would have made a lot of sense. And, you know, with the addition of, Actually, the biggest off offseason uh, off addition, Steve Cohen, at Bay with the um, with the Mets. Uh, you know, there's a lot of excitement a lot of excitement about that team. They picked up Bauer's former teammates, uh, Carlos Carrasco and Francisco Lindor, and it would have made a lot of sense. that the Mets have you know endless money now uh, at this point, but. I don't know. I'm curious to see how the negotiations were because obviously they weren't normal negotiations. No. You know, it was a. he ended up signing for 3 years, 102, you know, maybe the Mets were offering like 6 years but a lot less average annual value. I don't, I don't know what. Well, I
1: think the I think the Mets offer uh, it was reported that the Mets actually offered more money.
0: Yeah. Uh, North, I don't know. I'm North not sure the money. Was more
1: total money. Um, I don't know. I think it might have been more years as well. So I'm pretty sure Bauer took less money to go to L.A. Uh, it might be a geographic thing because I know a lot of people were, were you know, uh, theorizing he would want to go to the West Coast because, you know, it's his home. He went to UCLA. He gets to do the Arizona spring training so he can do those Bauer bites because spring training is much more accessible. Uh, but even, I mean, this year, you really don't know how much he'll be able to do that in, you know, a, mm-hmm. a national crisis. Yeah. So. I don't know how much of a factor that actually played. And I don't think we'll ever know because I'm sure he did give the Mets like an actual fair amount of consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, And I'm interested to see if the Dodgers let him pitch every fourth day with the, with the depth they have in that rotation.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder, if, yeah. I wonder if that is a thing. Cause yeah, the, the Dodgers have like seven suitable guys yeah. in that rotation. They've got Bueller, Kershaw, Bauer, Arias, may price and gonsolin price gonsolin (laughs) yeah and bauer wants to go i mean honestly like i think that could probably
1: uh be better on the other guys because bauer always you know he takes uh analytics on his own body every day and these analytics show that his body is actually more ready to go every fourth day and i don't know if that means that everyone's body is like that i don't know if it means just his but you know what if i if him going every fourth day means that the other pitchers in the rotation get more time to to rest between starts I think they'd all say sign me up
0: yeah it would except be okay.
1: for especially like Price and Kershaw who have already established their careers and have already gotten paid maybe Bueller May Gonsolin and uh and
0: Urias. Urias
1: would be a little more little more shy about that but I mean that might just make everything easier for the Dodgers if he's actually able to do that
0: um yeah that's that is true and like Whenever that's brought up, it's it's so weird to me how it would be staggered out because if everyone's on, if everyone is else is on four days rest and he's on three days rest, I don't know how that could work because you know it's it's a rotation. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. We might we might be seeing that if especially if Bower is performing at a high level.
1: I mean, if there's a if there's a time to experiment with this, it would be now because it's on a team where they have so many other guys they can go to if this doesn't work out.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly, and um, it's a, it's with a team where they probably have some flexibility because it's a team where you know you're probably going to win a lot of games.
1: It's that, and I mean you only have one real competition in your division.
0: Yeah, exactly, for sure. Every every, yeah, every other uh, every other team seems to be just waiting in the waiting in the wings.
1: Yeah, I feel so bad for for fans of the Diamondbacks, Rockies and Giants. Yeah. yeah. Except the Giants the Giants have actually had a very under the radar good offseason. Uh, I think they've and and a lot of the good acquisitions they've made may just end up being trade bait.
0: Yeah, I mean they uh yeah, especially with um getting the qualifying offer to Kevin uh, Gausman Kevin Gausman um that was that was yeah. a yeah that was a big one and they signed yeah. Matt Whistler who was someone who I was eyeing uh, at the beginning of the offseason. yeah they got uh, a Listella too
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and uh, I'm trying I can't really think of anyone else but yeah they, yeah they could result in some um, prospects if they end up getting to that point um,
1: yeah. um do you have anything else on Bauer actually I had one more thing uh I mean credit to Rachel Luba. Like a lot of baseball Twitter has kind of been uh, disliking her for reasons I can't argue, but she did a great job in this, in this negotiation. Uh, She got Bauer a contract that we've never seen in baseball before. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we're ever going to see it again. And it was all, I mean, it was credit to her. She did it.
0: Yeah. And it, yeah, that's a very good point. Cause it is the deal, even though it's only $102 million, it's still pretty friendly to Trevor Bauer. There's not, you know, especially, you know, the argument against against signing Bauer to that much money is, you know, his Cy Young season was only a 60-game season, and, you know, he had a somewhat rough or average total uh, 2019, so there was a lot of argument of not giving Bauer anything he wants, but he still pretty much got what he wanted, two opt-outs, they did. Uh, you know, about $40 million a year, or close to it, what's, what's the math on that, 102 divided by three? Uh, forty something. <laughs> it's or uh, 40. thirty or thirty-four. I think. Okay, thirty-four, one or two over three. Sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, but I can't math. Quite a quite a bit of cash. Um, you know, even though he's the Cy Young winner, he's you know two years removed from a season where he had a four-four something ERA. Yeah. So, uh, definitely good on Rachel Luba. One quite. From where the Dodgers are at now, um, how many wins do you think they're going to accumulate over a 162-game season?
1: I would say like 106.
0: 106. I'm, I'm kind of thinking they might be able to get to like 110. Yeah. Especially with the three. That would eight. have
1: to, like the only thing is like that would have to mean absolutely everything goes right. And like there is a lot of human error in baseball. Like someone gets hurt. Yeah, right exactly. Now. And like the and like I don't know, is Justin Turner going to be a third? They're going to have Edwin Rios there.
0: Yeah, that's you know they still have a project with Turner, but even even with that, yeah, like it could, especially with how bad the uh, division outside the Padres is. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're not all last place caliber, but they're not a uh, they're not fantastic mm-hmm. <laughs> teams for sure, but. Yes, I think that's all we have on Bauer to the Dodgers. So Um, now we got Marcelo Zuna
1: uh, coming back to the Atlanta Braves. I think this solidifies uh, the offseason for Alex Santopoulos. It's been weird because the Braves, they signed Drew Smiley and Charlie Morton in November, mm -hmm. and they just went cold for the whole winter. Yep. And I was like, are they going to, you know, I was thinking like, are they going to do something? Are they going to do anything? And then finally uh, this was one of the more important moves for them to make Marcelo Zuna back on a four-year deal. Four-year, what was it? 65? I think it was somewhere in that ballpark.
0: I think a $15 million option at the end.
1: Yeah. Um, The one thing that concerns me about this is obviously, is he going to be DH? Because we still have no idea if there's going to be a universal DH or not. And it is, uh, 51 days until opening day. On the day that this is being uh, released, but you, you're going to get a really good hitter in the uh, middle of your order to go along with Freddie Freeman, uh, especially with a lefty-righty, uh, you know, platoon between them. Like it's you know, you're going to have to face one of them, so that's really that's really tough for opposing pitchers to go along with Acuna. So go along with Albis and it sort of just solidifies. The offense that they had last year which dominated
0: uh yeah and um one thing with Ozuna uh you know he signs for four years 65 million um he's kind of similar uh defensively to a guy like Nick Castellanos but mm-hmm. he's also you know from what we saw last year probably better offensively and Castellanos Last year, got a four-year, $64 million deal. So definitely very similar uh, type deals with those guys. So I think the Braves, you know, it's a flip of the coin, whether there's going to be a universal DH or not. Um, I feel like, you know, if it doesn't get, if it doesn't happen this year, it still could um Come into play next year because during, the CBA expires after twenty twenty one. Yeah, so the the strongest possibility would surely be after this year, because mm-hmm. um, you know the players like it, and you know if the players like it, they're going to include it in their CBA, and it doesn't affect like the owners at all. Not at all. Um,
1: Marcelo Zuna had a uh, he won a Gold Glove in two thousand seventeen, and take this for what it's worth, his D WAR has gone down in every year since yeah i'm surprised you wanna i'm surprised it went down this year i'm surprised he won a gold glove he did it was so weird it was it was very very weird that he did but yeah he won it in 2017 his last year in miami
0: yeah i mean um i think when you're a d when you're a dh you naturally have negative d war because you're not making any contribution i guess because like Mm -hmm. if you look at like david ortiz's uh it's bad career stats yeah even though he barely played which is weird like it feels like you shouldn't
1: be accumulating any d war if you're dhing
0: i guess since it's you know like how can you um, be
1: punished if you're not even trying
0: maybe because it's uh above or below replacement to like a regular player so like that's a good point a a replacement level player Player is is at least doing something making plays yeah like you're
1: even if they're above you know even if that player like has you know, negative, like total zone or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's still, you know, it's still, they're still trying.
0: Yeah. Still doing, still accumulating more than, um, than, yeah. You know, a, a they have DH, an, they but, have an existing fielding percentage. Yeah. That's why it's hard to judge DHs by wins above replacement. Cause they're really like, you know, even though their defensive ability is, you know, tanks, their wins above replacement, mm-hmm. I guess this is kind of inside baseball, but uh, they're, they're doing everything they can with offense. So it's kind of hard to, um, cause you know, every, every, at least American league team needs a designated hitter.
1: So right.
0: they're just kind of filling that role. But anyway, yeah, marcelo this was, uh, I
1: wanted to, I just wanted to get into to a couple things. things yeah, uh, every ahead. year. So since the stat cast era has started in 2015, he has been in the top 10 percentile of exit velocity in five of the six seasons. Uh, and the one was, I believe, 2016, where he was in the 81st percentile. So you're guaranteed, like you know what you're getting from him, and you're gonna get one of the best overall hitters in the entire league. You might not be able to make up for it on defense, but you have plenty of guys around him that can, you know, compensate for his lack of defensive ability. Like Acuna is really good defensively. Arcia is still pretty good. Enciarte uh, is, yep. you know, off the bench, he's very good defensively. Uh, if you need to give Ozuna a night off. And he's just going to mash. Like, it's going to be him and Freeman at the middle of the order after Acuna leads off with a home run. And I still think the Braves are the best team in the division. I know the Mets have done a lot of work. You know, they got Trevor May. They got uh, James McCann. You know, guys like that. I still think Atlanta's the
0: best team, and I think this solidifies it. Uh, Yeah, and, you know, what do you think about them not, you know, passing up on signing uh, a guy like Josh Donaldson to, you know, a four-year deal? Uh, who you know could have helped them at third but rather signing Ozuna for four years but also let you know considerably less money well Ozuna's younger Ozuna is is because he's going he's going
1: into his age 31 season Josh Donaldson is what 33
0: yeah so you think so you're thinking this is the he's uh,
1: 35 yeah that's why yeah that's why you don't do that plus he's also a yeah yeah no
0: yeah. And especially in this market, it's easier to sign Ozuna for that much. Mm-hmm. And yeah, even, even Ozuna's down years are still pretty good. Like, mm-hmm. you know, his,
1: he just didn't fit in St. Louis.
0: Yeah, ex- exactly. Like Miami.
1: His worst season was basically what basically was a 106 OPS plus. And that was as a devout player, like 2015, he was, you know, he was 24 still trying to figure it out. He ended up with a 691 OPS. Not great.
0: Yeah, and he fits better in Atlanta because he's surrounded by such talent that yeah. you can't, you know, you can't, you know, skip his at bat. Mm-hmm. You know, when he was in St. Louis, you know, I guess in 2019 he had Goldschmidt, but 2018 there wasn't a lot there besides maybe Matt Carpenter. Yeah. So you could kind of uh, stave off of him if they, if they wanted to, but had an excellent season last year, finished sixth in the MVP as a as, as a, a straight hitter um and where did he rank in terms of ops uh we'll see here he ranked third in the nl and OPS. there you go last season so yeah basically and the, second on his own team yeah second on his own team shout out to to the mvp
1: i'm pre- i think it was him free or him freeman and soto uh
0: yeah, yeah. soto technically did qualify soto barely qualified he did and yeah that's that's the Ozuna trade and another designated hitter got signed. You know, this guy's been a designated hitter for much longer. And uh going into his age 41 season, I believe. Yeah. Uh and actually this was kind of surprising to us because you know, the entire uh the entire offseason we were like, you know, the twins are presumably losing Cruz. But then they get Cruz,
1: mm-hmm. twin sign Cruz. That forward. and you didn't think he was signing now. You figured he was going to wait until the league figured out the DH situation. At this point, he was probably like, all right, I don't care. Just put me on Minnesota.
0: Yeah, there might be some inside info if both Cruz and Ozuna signed in the same week. Oh, there
1: has to be. Well, I mean, uh, Passen said pretty quickly that like this is not going to end until until like at least February. And it's February 8th. There is no sign anytime soon that we're going to get an update on that.
0: Yeah, and...
1: By the way, it is very funny that Nelson Cruz is going into his age 41 season and we're already just penciling him in for 40 home runs and 130 RBIs.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. But, I mean, there's nothing to, there's nothing to prove that age, age has, you know, gotten to him in any way so far.
1: Yeah, we have every reason to believe it.
0: But I guess, you know, if if he's not completely sure on which NL teams or if NL teams are going to be able to grab him – you know go back to where he's been comfortable and has been succeeding go back go right back to minnesota and join that per, pretty good uh pretty good lineup and actually this he is virtually a
1: good, he virtually carried this offense last year
0: yeah here's, so now we get back into the question of you know the best uh best lineups in the american league mm-hmm. so probably number 1 and number 2 are you know, Yankees, White Sox. I'm ready to put the
1: Twins just as a team right up there with the White Sox. Cause I think it was kind of a, a foregone conclusion that the White Sox were the best team in the NL Central. I think that this move, the Cruz move, and the other one that we'll talk about later, there's much better reason to put the Twins possibly above the White Sox.
0: Yeah, there's there's an argument to be made now, especially because Cruz was extremely valuable to that, to that team. Mm-hmm. Um I do like what the White Sox did with getting Lance Lynn, getting Liam Hendricks, and uh, did they get anybody
1: else in particular? Not that I can think of.
0: Yeah, so, you know, the adding rotation depth uh, helped them out, but they did get rid of uh, Dane Dunning as well, so it was more of just,
1: Yeah, but I mean, how much could you really expect out of him this year? Like, he's going to be very, he's still very young, he's still learning to develop, he's not even pitched a full season. Uh, If you're in win-now mode, Lance Lynn is a better guy to have than Dane Dunning, and plus you're going to have Kovac coming back this year.
0: Yep. So yep. that can
1: almost be a replacement level, Dan Dunning.
0: Yeah, and you know the Twins, they get back Cruz. They signed Simmons, which was you know the big deal of the off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Your big deal. Big, a huge deal. <sighs> uh And and uh, also they grabbed uh, a reliever, just like the White Sox did. They grabbed the White Sox reliever right mm-hmm. off the market, Alex Colome, who was a uh, finalist for al reliever of the year i cannot believe the market on him wasn't as good uh
1: what did he end up signing for um i don't know but he had an 081 he had an 081 era last year i think it was a one-year deal uh it wasn't it wasn't anything uh too big of a deal (laughs) hold on okay so it's a one-year deal with a second year uh option
0: for how much
1: uh they will pay him five million in 2021 and the twins have oh, wow. a five and a half million dollar option for 2022 or they can pay a 125 1.25 million dollar buyout
0: yeah i mean uh i guess it kind of shows what uh team teams think about relievers who had success in a six game season but also like but he's had success he's had a that. good he's yeah. has a good reputation you know he's
1: an all-star with the rays 20
0: 2019 2.80 era Two. 20... he has a
1: sub three career era in 400 innings pitched
0: yeah um and he's how
1: old he is going into his age 32 season
0: yeah so yeah i feel like with a guy like that you're thinking two years close to 10 million dollars a year mm-hmm. uh normally but pretty weird but you know, a steal on the Twins' end. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and we we, we did kind of think that the Twins were downgrading this year after uh, non-tendering Eddie Rosario, but they look to be in a competitive situation now. They do. After, uh, yeah, after getting both Cruz and Colome.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a team that is looking to threepeat in the in the division. Also um when you look back at the couple playoff games they had one of the games was lost in the ninth inning by the bullpen um because they couldn't really they didn't really have a i know taylor rogers is very good but they didn't really have a solidified closer in that game yeah so alex column might definitely add to that they don't have to bring sergio romo in anymore
0: right right so that's nice yeah and it's a good substitute you know after they lost trevor may as well yep um and Tyler, I remember Tyler Duffy had a good 2019. I'm not sure how it went. And in, you, and they lost Matt Whistler too in uh, 2020. So yeah, very very necessary move by the yeah, Twins. Yeah, this is a team that needed bullpen help. Yeah, because if yeah they lost
1: Tyler Duffy was very good this year as well. So was Tyler Clippard.
0: Yeah, it could have could have gone bad for them in the bullpen, but it could have. Um, Alex Colma is a good a good stopper, and you know, closer experience definitely has has value because you know there's something about the ninth inning where some guys can do it some guys can't and you know it might be a little old school to say but to have a guy with the ninth inning experience is very very big as well you can't really put a a number on it particularly um but yeah uh Cruz and Columay going to the twins you know they're before before these deals I was thinking. Maybe they'd have a tough time reaching the playoffs, but now they look like a formidable playoff roster once again.
1: I mean, this looks like a team that at least should make a wild card.
0: Yes, yes. They they do. And, yeah, Twins, White Sox at the top, looks like it should be a fun season-long AL Central battle, uh, like it was last year. So, anyway, there's a big, big uh, trade – Yeah, that happened a lot of players. I don't know how big of a deal any of these were, you know. Like, this is a minor deal that had a large
1: just impact on just like baseball in general. Like, a a guy who I thought was going to be on a franchise for life gets traded. I'm kind of sad about it. I'm not, yeah. I was
0: like, Elvis Andrews, of all people, yeah, is getting traded by the uh, is getting traded by the uh, Texas Rangers and like. If this deal happened in like 2017, 2018, I there, get would, it. there would be a, there would be a huge, it would be a huge, huge deal, but now it's just, it's kind of weird that it turned out this way. I think the Rangers might be trying to get rid of some money, but it's weird that he's going for the, to the A's for that. It is uh, for
1: Chris Davis and a prospect. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I like this move. I know this sounds very weird, but I do like this move from a Rangers perspective because I think realistically Chris Davis is going to add more value on the field in 2020, in 2021 than Elvis Andrews would have. And the Rangers are a team that really only have a couple guys that have some kind of trade value, particularly Joey Gallo. So Chris Davis, if he can stay healthy and if he can get somewhat back to that 2018 form where he had 48 home runs, that's a guy you can flip at the deadline to get some prospects that are, Better than you know, Elvis Andrews in the future.
0: Yeah, he he definitely has like, him being on a short term sort of setting mm-hmm. gives him a uh, gives him an advantage, you know, for teams to take a risk on him. But you know, he's struggled over the past two years, I believe. Uh, had an extremely good twenty eighteen. That was his headline year. But yeah, uh, I mean, I it it was. When that came across my Twitter feed, I was like, what the heck? What is going on here? I yeah. have no idea what this is. What is what is this? It, it made... It, it was definitely confusing because, like, it's
1: it's two guys who seemingly, like, were faces of their franchise. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, I mean... Uh, like, on a more... Str- I mean, I don't want to say Alves Andres was a short-term face of the Rangers because, like, you know, Adrian Belche was obviously, you know, better... Nelson Cruz was better like there was always he was never the best player on the Rangers but he was always just a guy I mean he was on the 2010 Rangers that we covered that was his rookie season I think yeah and, either that or was
0: his sophomore season and like a good def- a good defender I'm pretty sure you know, like from what I remember I believe he's yeah. a good defender yeah good defender you know he he's uh had to go through all the cliches you know gets on base <laughs> can he can hit a single for you Good at the top of the lineup has speed uh, but he's you know fallen off over the past couple years as well so I don't know maybe it's a thing where you know two guys change their scenery and they maybe they change their career a little I bit I mean
1: Oakland desperately needed a shortstop because Marcus Simeon obviously left they missed out on DD they missed out on Tommy Lastella they missed out on Simeon of course they missed out on Freddie Galvis uh, they had so many options they didn't get any of them so I guess this was this is going to be their starting shortstop in 2021.
0: Yeah. And I don't like, know how I feel about that. And, like, what happened to Jerickson Profar? He's on the Padres. Padres. Yes. So, yeah, he's not on the A's uh, any longer. He's so not. Yeah, it's going to be weird seeing Andrews in the green and gold. It is. Like, it,
1: I, it would have been cool for him to be a Ranger for life, but oh well.
0: It, yeah, and it would have made plenty of sense. I mean, he made a... Uh, 09 was his rookie year. Okay. He gave, like you know, him and Beltre with the, him and Beltre's relationship. They were like the most, yeah. Like they had the most fun relationship in the whole league. Yeah. And you know, now we're looking at, now it kind of caps off the, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that, yeah, now they don't have anyone from the 2011, 2010. Oh, they definitely don't at this point. So there's
1: no way in hell.
0: So that caps off that sort of era. Um, Unfortunately for for them. Yeah, it was weird. Like Elvis Andrews is kind of like what Brett Gardner is to the Yankees. And yeah, it's weird to see him. It would like Gardner's not Gardner or he's Andres not Gardner's not, not, not
1: going to Monument Park. Of,
0: yeah, he's not gonna neither of them are gonna be Hall of Famers, but it's weird to see them in different uniforms. I don't if, like if do you think would.
1: I mean do you think the Rangers retire his number? Um,
0: I mean it's possible i mean they were like i think
1: there's i mean obviously if we're going to compare those two like obviously the rangers have a much better chance of retiring elvis's number that the yankees do gardner's number but different franchises different rules i don't know 12 seasons with the rangers 1700 hits 300 bags um was part of you know two of the, the two best teams in franchise history uh at age 21 and 22
0: um i'm now i gotta see if they uh retired Michael, Michael Young
1: because if they retired him I think they did I'm pretty sure they did
0: number retirement
1: yeah I'm I'm pretty sure they did he was number 10 yeah they did
0: yeah they yeah they retired Michael Young's number they retired Nolan Ryan's number you know he's he's obviously you know Hall of Fame pitcher but he spent five years with the Rangers yeah but he has his
1: number retired by almost every team he played for
0: yeah I mean everyone, Three of the four. Ex- everyone except the Mets yeah Uh, who even like won a world series for but like you know the he spent eight years with the angels he spent uh eight years with the uh nine years with the astros but he had some amazing seasons with the uh rangers as you can hear on uh part one of episode 80 wow of uh what was that that was the last time we did the show as the show to be named later at least for for a player (laughs) but yeah it's very possible that yeah he he gets his number retired uh, with the with the Rangers yeah twelve years uh, with with that team he you know made some memories for like Rangers fans with him being with Beltre and you know making a positive contribution pretty much every year but yeah end of an era it's gonna be so weird it, it really will be weird to see him in the. In anything that that's
1: not hat. in anything that's not the Rangers, That didn't matter where you go; it would always feel weird. Yeah,
0: um, but yeah, that's that's really that. That's really all that uh, there is to say on that. It's not really a thing where it's going to change any of the teams' like playoff chances. It's just it's it's a little bigger than that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, in terms of implica- trade implications and I guess legacy implications on Elvis Andrews. kind of sad to see that happen but uh last thing we'll get to before we uh close the book on this episode uh the brewers go ahead and get you know an interdivision yeah interdivision rival interdivisional foe former foe now current second baseman or not second baseman where's he gonna play he's
1: um I don't know where he's going to play. He's going to hover around the middle infield. Can he? Does, has he played anywhere else? Let me see.
0: Uh, we'll see. But they signed
1: Colton Wong. He sure did. Uh, he's, he's never played shortstop uh, or third. He's played left to center, right a couple times. He's probably going to be there. They might have to shift Keston here at a short. Uh, did he come up as a shortstop? Mm, he might have. And they had Arcia. Uh, Colton Wong, no, Colton Wong came up as a second baseman.
0: Yeah. he has uh, always
1: played there. Uh, I love this move. I think this is this might be one of the most underrated moves of the whole offseason. Colton Wong has been under the radar, one of the better second basemen in the league. Since 2018, his 7.9 F4 ranks 10th uh, in the majors among qualifying second basemen, and his defensive rating on fan at 26.7, that ranks first among second basemen. So arguably he is the best defensive first or second baseman in the league. And meanwhile, since 2018, he's has uh, an exact 100 OPS plus. So he'll give you, you know, average consistency at the plate with excellent defense.
0: Yeah. And, he and has, that is a huge
1: upgrade over what they had last year.
0: And, you know, he's a threat on the base paths as well. He's, you know, looking at just strictly looking at the numbers, it's been sort of weird how his stolen base numbers have, gone because he had 20 in 2014 then 15 in 2015 and then it didn't get above,
1: above double digits above
0: double digits until uh, three years after that and that's where he stole 24 bags and only got caught four times so yeah you know he's a thr- he's definitely a threat on the base pads um Red Sox fans will never forget his one <laughs> miscue on the base pads that's a fact uh, uh,
1: he's won a gold glove in the last two seasons and he had MVP shares in 2019. So like the last full season he played, he got MVP votes.
0: Yeah and a, one oh, a 108 OPS plus, uh, 24 stolen bases. Yeah, 2019 he had a very good year. So it's hard to go you know hard to go off 2020 even though that was still pretty decent as well was able to accumulate 1.3 baseball reference war, uh, which is very good you know very good for a uh, 60 game season. Uh, what what did he end up signing for? Two years. Two years. Don't know what. Two years.
1: Wait, Colton Wong. Uh, I'm pretty sure it says here he signed for. Doesn't say. Never mind.
0: Uh, Colton Hasn- Wong hasn't updated yet. Deal. Uh, two years, eighteen million.
1: Okay, so nine million a year. Good move by David Stearns.
0: Yeah, it's just a question of where he will go or what where the rest of the I Brewers think they put Keston to
1: third, or short, rather. Uh, I don't know I don't know how much they still believe in Orlando Arcia. He came up as a top-10 prospect, and he has never showed signs of a top-10 prospect.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially offensively. Yeah, my uh, guess
1: would be move Keston to
0: short. Yeah, and we'll see how that goes. And the Brewers have a history of not really caring where, where their defensive assets go, you know, when – when they back in 2018, when, has
1: never played anywhere other than second outside of DH or pinch hitter.
0: So I don't know. Like, 20, uh, they're
1: gonna have to move one of them though.
0: 2018, when they had Shaw at third and then they just traded for Mike Moustakis. Yep. And then they moved Shaw to second. The Brewers are notorious for not caring about infield defense. It's just like, hey, do you want to play? All right, you're playing over a, there. You're playing a, at a place where you haven't played since middle school, but you're gonna play there and you're gonna do your job there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it it does fly under the radar because you know he has great defense, and normally the guys with great defensive value get kind of overlooked. And uh, this team also-
1: really could give the Cardinals a run for their money. I'm telling you, I really think they have a chance at it.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a it really depends on the years of a few key players. Yep, you know you need Yelich to be back. You need Hero uh, to show up. Yeah, you need you Hiro- have Wong
1: now. And you got two studs at the top of that rotation in Bournes, Burns and Woodruff. Uh, the, rest of, the rest of it is kind of question marks, but you also have two studs in the bullpen with Hayter and Williams to go along with some others as well. The bullpen as a whole is extremely underrated. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Brewers signed Colton Wong, really good signing, underrated. I think he's going to fit in nicely in Milwaukee.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, yeah, it's a team that was able to hover around 500 without their best player performing to his normal level. Mm -hmm. So if you get him back, him back up on the horse in a uh, division, that's not very deep, you know, that's a, that's a team that can contend, especially if you have, have, you know, a full year of whatever Corbin Burns was doing last year, you know, probably not to that extent, probably not a one nine nine ERA, but, uh, and, you know, a full year, of a good Brandon Woodruff, there's a recipe for potential success there. And uh yeah, having Wong at, at second base is gonna help out. But yeah, we hope you all enjoyed this episode of Above Replacement Radio. Uh if you wanna follow, if you're if you're yeah, the YouTube you channel can do it, is, YouTube channel is pretty much useless uh right now. All audio. It will be posted though, you know, because you know, Why see, not? If, see if it goes in the algorithm. You never know. Shout out to <laughs> The one time i titled the video <laughs> and there's a drive into deep left field It got 500 views didn't know didn't know it would be a meme and then it would get hundreds of views it's the only the only one to get into the algorithm like that yeah <laughs> but it happened um if you want to follow us on social media follow me on twitter at chris underscore Dion, to follow daniel on both twitter and instagram at daniel underscore current and follow the show instagram at above replacement radio So we hope you enjoyed this news episode of Above Replacement Radio, and we hope to see you uh, later this week on Thursday where we're going to be talking about Mike Schmidt.